Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 11 is entitled, Lady Justice. In Philadelphia, in Independence Hall, we find a gilded statuette of Lady Justice, high above the room across the hall from where our forefathers gathered to organize this nation. I also keep by my desk a statuette of Lady Justice, who symbolizes law, which Linda slyly purchased for me on Independence Square because I lingered over it for so long. Lady Justice reminds me of the principles upon which this great nation was founded. Lady Justice is of a very ancient origin, dating back to the Egyptians. She was originally associated with the gods and symbolized the justice of God. Though images vary, it is a universal symbol found throughout the world. Lady Justice traditionally has three significant attributes. One, she is blindfolded. Two, she has balanced scales, the most prominent image held high in her right hand. And three, she has the sword of justice in the left hand. The blindfold suggests that there should be no respect of persons, that all are treated alike under the law, black and white, male and female, rich and poor, high and low, educated and uneducated, great and small, titled and untitled. The balances are in the right hand, held high, suggesting that equality, not power, is primary. The balances in her hand symbolize equal justice for all. They also suggest that the punishment should equal the crime taken from the ancient law, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The unsheathed sword is in the left hand, the arm relaxed, the point of the sword resting on the ground, suggesting power. The lowered hand has a firm grip on the hilt, suggesting readiness. But the relaxed arm and the lowered sword also suggest that the sword should only be raised in defense of liberty and equality and not be used as an imminent threat. However, it does suggest that force may be necessary and is justifiable in defending our freedoms. It suggests defense, not aggression, protection, not intimidation. The other images are of equal importance. The figure of a woman, for example, represents mercy and compassion, intelligence and patience, aggression and submission. In the natural world, it is the female that will risk her life to protect her cubs. A female grizzly will attack a male grizzly twice her weight and win through sheer courage if her cubs are threatened. It also suggests fertility and stability, beauty and courage, as well as longevity and caution. Most of all, she represents family, the continuation of the species, and stability in the home. The large book under her right foot represents truth and knowledge. It represents higher education in arts, science, math, history, language, literature, government, and world cultures. It also represents truth, reminding one of the words of the Savior. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The snake, whose head is pressed under Lady Justice's bare foot, represents the suppression of evil, a biblical reference to the Garden of Eden where Lucifer is cursed. And though the serpent may bruise the heel, The posterity of Adam and Eve shall bruise the serpent's head. It symbolizes the limitations placed by God upon the power of Satan. The Apostle Paul tells us, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape 
that ye may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 The snake, which symbolizes our constant battle between good and evil, is rendered harmless. It suggests, however, that unless we win the battle over evil, freedom cannot survive. The snake is alive, and if the naked heel of justice is raised or relaxed, the snake will indeed bruise her heel, inflicting terrible pain and bringing her to the ground by destroying the foundation. Our forefathers understood perfectly that liberty falls when evil dominates. They were descendants of those who were oppressed by the great evils of the world. Those descendants came to America seeking freedom from oppression. The long tail of the snake is wrapped over the book suggesting knowledge of good and evil. It is coiled around it suggesting that Satan, who is the father of lies, is an enemy to truth and therefore an enemy to freedom. Liberty depends not on the sword, but on the virtues of its people held under common consent. The Apostle Paul also said, which has become the theme of all four volumes, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 2 Corinthians 3.17 It is in many men's nature to try to cheat justice and to avoid the consequences of law, thus gaining special treatment. We see this even in the highest positions in the land. Judgment against such persons, especially those in high places, must be swift, for in their power they have the means to corrupt others of high authority. Thus, in their collusion to corrupt the laws, they show partiality, exempting themselves and their friends from their own laws, while the masses bear the burden. Any lawmaker who exempts himself or herself or their friends from the law owing to the power of their high office, should be considered a traitor and be rooted out before it grows and bears more fruit. When those in power pass laws from which they themselves are exempt, it is the beginning of the end of democracy and cannot be winked at. King Claudio, in Shakespeare's Hamlet, murdered his brother and married his brother's wife that he might become king of Denmark. Thinking he is alone, he contemplates his crime. In the corrupted currents of this world, offense's gilded hand may shove by justice, and oft tis seen the wicked prize itself buys out the law. But tis not so above, there is no shuffling, there the action lies in his true nature, and we ourselves compelled, even to the teeth and forehead of our faults, to give in evidence. We cannot tolerate or turn a blind eye to those in high places who follow the corrupted currents of this world. When our leaders shove by justice and buy out the law, we cannot long remain free. Those who make our laws must be held to a higher standard. As quoted in the scripture above, those appointed to rule should use just judgment and should not rest judgment, should not respect persons, should not take a gift or pervert the words of the righteous. Paul warns of wickedness in high places. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, 
and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ephesians six ten through 18 Even designating hate crimes are anathema to the concept that we should show no respect to persons. A crime against one person, regardless of motive, is not greater than the same crime against another. Both are victims and should be protected equally under the law. The perpetrator punished according to his or her crime, not according to his or her victim. If one is murdered for greed and another murdered for hate, what is that to the victim or to the victim's family? Each deserve equal justice. Quotas must be banned. Such actions become divisive, creating tribalism. One president said that we must equal the playing field. Can anything lead to a loss of freedom and inequality faster than the pernicious idea of Congress equaling the playing field? It reduces standards and penalizes those who struggle to meet those standards, as well as produces poor quality, regardless of the field. It also encourages redistribution of wealth, where one benefits from the sweat of another. We may not like greed, however, we cannot legislate against it. Silas Marner has equal rights. The responsibility of government is to enforce just laws, not to enforce conscience. Such action by our lawmakers constitutes respecter of persons. Standards must be established according to the deeds of any discipline, whether it is medical, legal, business, educational, etc. The same standards pertaining to that field must be held for all regardless of age, sex, color, religion, etc. That is the only way that equality can be guaranteed. In a democratic republic, man must be required to reach up to the standard. The standard must not be lowered to the convenient reach of man. Let independent charities do what independent charities are designed to do. But let the government stay out of things it is not qualified to rule. It is folly to assume that those who have power also have wisdom. Our government was designed to uphold the law and to protect the citizens from injustice, not to micromanage its citizens or to be conscience to the world. To allow politicians to use taxpayer money to bribe citizens for votes violates the law that government should show no respect to persons. Exploiting the poor because of their poverty to secure their own power in office is destructive to democracy and will lead to socialism. Robbing the rich to pay for the poor violates the law that government should show no respect to persons. Giving illegal immigrants the rights of legal immigrants violates the law that government should show no respect to persons. Giving Social Security benefits to persons who do not pay into Social Security shows respect to persons because it requires one to work while the other may sit idle. It punishes those who work, reducing their benefits, and rewards those who do not work, increasing their entitlements. Promising entitlements to special groups violates the law that government should show no respect to persons. Allowing Congress the right to raise their own salaries that excessively exceeds the salaries of those whom they serve violates the law that government should show no respect to persons. Under no circumstances should government employees who have power over the budget be allowed to set their own salary. It invites corruption on a high level. No group in power should be able to wield that power for their own advancement or financial reward. 
No public official should be allowed to grow wealthy from their office and the strictest audit should be conducted to prevent bribes, theft of public funds, abuse of taxes, or advantages of office. High office should be a place of noble service, not of greed, exploitation, and self-aggrandizement. It is impossible to list all the ways that some of our public servants violate that rule. Because we have neglected enforcing the law that government should show no respect to persons, our trust in government has eroded, our liberties have become corrupted, and our freedom is at risk. Besides trampling on the law of justice, the Social Democrats in our Congress are taking away our freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, and freedom to follow our own conscience. All violations of the law that show respect to persons must be taken seriously, examined closely, and judged swiftly, removing from office any offender. Where the offense is bumbling neglect, the person should simply be put on probation or dismissed from office. Where the offense is criminal negligence and flagrant violation, the person should be both disbarred and become subject to a criminal court as any other American citizen, and be forced to return any money or properties unlawfully acquired. We must not separate those who make the laws from those who must obey the laws. The splintering of laws to protect or benefit specific groups is a violation of our Constitution. It denies equality and institutionalizes respect of persons. We must return to the original intent. Laws must protect everyone equally and should never be applied to designated groups. Neither can we have laws that favor special groups. For example, laws that refer specifically to minority groups are exclusionary. All, regardless of sex or color of skin, should be equal under the law, and no law should favor one individual over another. We must replace civil rights, gay rights, women's rights, etc. with citizens' rights. Each right equal to all, regardless of race, color, religion, sexual orientation, gender, etc. When passing judgment for crimes committed, one must consider the age, circumstances, and disabilities of the defendant, as well as exercise restraint, objectivity, common sense, compassion, wisdom, justice, judgment, and mercy. However, the victim must take priority over the offender, and restoration must be considered. On the one hand, we must return the death penalty for cold-blooded murderers or heavy drug dealers and other heinous crimes the courts exercising swift justice. However, we should show compassion toward addicts, helping them overcome their illness, using wisdom, mercy, and justice, and should reduce abstract and punitive punishments and increase obligations toward the victims. We should probably have fewer prison sentences and more justice to the victims. In other words, rather than sending a thief to prison, we should make the prisoner work and restore everything they stole, perhaps even twofold or fourfold as the scriptures demand no matter how long it takes. We are more concerned about converting the criminal than we are in restoring the victims. In some cases, the criminals are allowed to sue the victims for remuneration and make demands upon the law for suffering discomfort while committing a crime. For example, if a cat burglar trips over a child's toy while robbing the house, he may sue for damages. The ship of state has become a ship of fools while criminals mock the law. In William Shakespeare's play, Measure for Measure, which addresses the balance of justice and mercy. Duke Vincentio, in describing the state of affairs, said, We have strict statutes and most biting laws, the needful bits and curbs to headstrong weeds, which for this nineteen years we have let slip. Even like the o'ergrown lion in a cave that goes not out to prey, now, as fond fathers, 
having bound up the threatening twig of birch only to stick it in their children's sight for terror, not to use, in time the rod becomes more mocked than feared. So our decree, dead to infliction, to themselves are dead, and liberty plucks justice by the nose, the baby beats the nurse, and quite a thwart goes all decorum. We put police at risk for their lives and their jobs for fear of violating a murderer's rights. We agonize over the rights of criminals and ignore the rights of the citizens. We are more concerned for those who violate the law than we are for those who enforce the law, often at the risk of their own lives. We are more obsessed with a criminal's comfort than we are for the victim's safety. Obsession over rights is as bad as having no rights at all. In many cases, heavy fines and financial recompense, not prison time, is the greater justice. Increased fines and decreased prisons. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is still valid in criminal cases. For related, the convicted must be forced to pay the victim's doctor bills, hospital bills, incurred damages, lost revenue, lost financial support, etc. No matter how long it takes or what deprivation or what hardship or what loss of liberty the offender must endure. A person involved in a criminal act, placing himself illegally where he should not be, forfeits his rights in the same way that a convicted criminal forfeits his rights to freely walk the streets. The freedoms of a criminal should be reduced in proportion to the loss of freedom of their victims. Balance must be restored to justice, or justice is a roaring lion without tooth or claw. Still, there should be no respect to persons. The only thing judges should consider is the broken law itself and extenuating circumstances, not the defining attributes of the offender or the offended. Justice must keep the blindfold tightly bound or else it will become corrupted and law enforcement messy. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.